welcome to History, where I get to share the many stories of the Bible and Jesus. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, and I want to share the good news with you. Have you ever built a reputation that you were not proud of for yourself? Think about it. Having a stigma is something that no one wants to have, right? I can think of some of the most harsh stigmas that people have had that they cannot seem to shake because we look at certain sins as being greater than others. For instance, think about someone who has been guilty of child molestation. Think about it. They may deserve the stigma for their sin, but man, that is a harsh stigma. How would you get rid of that? Can you imagine having your face plastered all over the internet where people can click on your name, they find out exactly where you live? That's hard. I know we need to think of the victim and the family because naturally they're the ones that have been offended. They need to be cared for. There's no doubt about that. But you've got people that want to have their lives changed, that carry a stigma for many, many years. Or think about this stigma, prostitution. I mean, there are women and men, naturally, that prostitute their, their bodies, but sometimes we place stigmas on individuals that don't deserve it. For instance, there are some women who are trafficked and forced into prostitution. There are other women that, that maybe made a very bad choice and somehow cannot seem to get out of it, but the stigma still lives on with them. And then think about others because of society. We, we have views on morality, right? So there are people that have stigmas based upon what other people view of them. For instance, you have people who are filled with tattoos, right? And of course, in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus, you can read about tattoos. And, and so some just hold this view that if you have a tattoo, you must be rebellious or something. Or maybe you have long hair or colored hair, and you must be part of that rebellion. So there's stigmas. Regardless of the reason for stigmas that are placed upon people, think about this. Many people would regard individuals like this the way we used to look at leprosy. People would despise others with leprosy. I told you last time that I grew up in Hawaii and there is a history of leprosy whereupon anyone that had it was sent to a different island in a very secluded area of, of the island of Molokai, a place called Kalaupapa. And that's where all those who had leprosy lived basically isolated from the rest of their families in the world. We may not carry the stigma that others bear due to their sins that is highly frowned upon. Or maybe we sometimes place stigmas on people that are not even deserving of it, where that no one wants to talk to them, no one wants to, to touch them, no one wants to 
to even share the good news with them for that matter. Now, I want you to think about the way Jesus approached people that have various stigmas, right? You might have someone who is lame, right? They're not able to walk. They don't have their limbs. Or maybe someone who is blind or deaf or mute. And what you, what you see is we stay away from them because maybe we're uncomfortable or, as some people might think, they must have done something wrong. And even if we don't think that they've, they've done anything wrong, we treat them like leprosy. And so we've branded them with some kind of a stigma, whether it's something that we can label or not even label. And yet Jesus actually went to these very individuals. Jesus told the Pharisees, who are often guilty of self-righteousness and labeling others, and he said to them, I did not come to heal those who are well. I came to heal those who are sick. And so many in our society, we, we like to label and brand one another. You know, one is Republican. One is Democrat, right? Or whatever the stigmas or labels are. But think about how Jesus looked at individuals. In Luke chapter 7, verse 39, it says, There was a Pharisee who had invited Jesus over to his house. And at the same time, there was a woman who was guilty of a certain sin that had come to the same house that this Pharisee had invited Jesus to. And this woman actually touched Jesus. The man said, This man, if in fact he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Imagine that. Imagine that this person not only has a view of this woman with such disdain, but he even had a view of Jesus, even putting a stigma on him. Like if he were, if he were a prophet, here's how a prophet is supposed to behave. Here is a prophet and how he's supposed to live and how he's supposed to speak. And truly, if he were one, he would not have had any association with sinners. In fact, there was another occasion in which there was a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. So imagine that stigma in a society where, you know, adultery is, it's, it's well, abominable. It's deplorable. This woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And he tells everyone around him, hey, are you also without sin? If you're without sin, go ahead based upon the law of Moses, go ahead and cast the first stone. She's guilty of sin, so go ahead and follow through with the law if you yourself is without sin. One by one, from the oldest to the youngest that were there, they walked away. They were convicted because Jesus got at the heart of the issue and said, you know what? Everyone sins. When Jesus looked up, all that was left was the woman. And he asks her, you know, where are your accusers? She responds and said that they left. She basically is told by Jesus, neither do I condemn you. Go 
sin no more. That's how Jesus dealt with the stigma of sin. He was not condoning sin. He was not allowing for her to continue in sin. What he wanted was for her life to connect to his. And so he told her, go, sin no more. You see, Jesus was able to touch the untouchables. He was able to get past people's labels where people are branded with certain stigmas and bring good news to them because that's exactly what he desires for every person. And unfortunately, in most societies, in fact, I don't know of any society where there are people that would say, you know what, you've got this label, you've got this stigma, but we can work with you. There's always people who are not willing to work with sinners. The reality is, we're all sinners. Well, let me ask you this. Do you carry a stigma? What kind of things have you been branded with that you're absolutely ashamed of? What kind of things do you struggle with that if others would know about your sin, they would look down upon you? Maybe you beat yourself up with the stigma that you carry. You see, I know of, of many individuals, they, they carry a burden of shame because of their sins. Last week, I shared with you some of mine. And I even remember as I was reflecting upon that episode, that embarrassment even came out when I was talking about it because I lowered my voice almost as if maybe you could not even hear me. Yeah, we carry shame. But you see, Jesus, he wants to get past that because he wants to transform your life. He wants you to have a new label, if you will. Like, how about this? You're a new creation in Christ. How does that sound for a label? That's not one that is a stigma of shame, not unless you have people who hate Jesus and hate his church. But if you want to connect to him, he takes away your stigmas and he places on a new label, if you will. Child of God, Christian, disciple. Think about that. You see, your savior, Jesus, wants to dine with you the way he did with Zacchaeus when he met Zacchaeus on the road. Think about that. No wonder it was such good news for Zacchaeus. He wanted to have a different view of his life. Not one that was disdained as a tax collector. And so in Luke chapter 19, verse 5, that's exactly the encounter between the story of Zacchaeus and the story of Jesus coming together. Do you want that? Would you be added to a whole community of people who may or may not have your exact stigma? You'd be added to basically a community of people where the stigma, if we were to all admit it, is sin. Because we're all guilty of it. But here's what I say to you. 
If you want to be connected to Jesus and to his story, don't worry about what the self-righteous would say about you because Jesus dealt with them. In fact, in the words of Jesus, he told the self-righteous, truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterward so as to believe him. You see, Jesus is saying, the ones with the prostitutes, the ones with the, the tax collectors, or those that have these stigmas of sin, they're forgiven because they're willing to go and sin no more and walk with Jesus. What about you? Do you carry that burden? If so, I sure hope that you're willing to allow your story to connect to Jesus the way we see in scriptures. Jesus also had a stigma, by the way. I just alluded to it. You see, there are many who hated him. And as a result, some would label Jesus as a drunkard or someone who ate too much because they saw him at a party. He, he knew the truth. And he knows the truth about every one of us. And the truth is, he wants us saved. And so I pray that this stigma that you may be enduring and bearing can be shed. It can. It can be washed away. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about today's talk, please visit our website at franklinchurchofchrist.com or visit our Facebook page at Franklin Church of Christ TN. Until next time, have a blessed day.